uh, it helps to uh, actually uh, stand behind a pulpit and have to put together a message and uh, the, just the process of that is uh, is helpful uh, and so it trains Jared uh, to learn how to pull the things that are out that are inside of him pull them out to present them to people amen uh, and so so we thank God for the things that the Lord has has sowed into his hearts over the year into his heart over the years and so um, so with that, uh, Mr. Jared, you're going to do the service tonight. So, Jared, if you'll come ahead, then um, I will let you take over, and then um, we'll close it up at the end. Amen. Good evening, everybody. You all doing good tonight? You can go bow your heads with me, and we'll go, and go into prayer and into service. Father, I thank you for uh, this service tonight with you. I thank you for the words you have given me and for the, everything that you can teach us through your word and that we have the space here to learn more about you and learn more about your word that you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you all want to go ahead and open up to Matthew 18, that's where we're going to start tonight. So before I've talked about like uh, the lo- the the love of God and how uh, there there's like the description in fir- in First Corinthians about what love is and how uh, e- every part of Him like God Jesus and the Holy Spirit has fulfilled that in in His Word through examples or just uh, or just like simply through their actions very directly. But tonight I was wanting to talk about just the more in general. Uh, goodness uh, and and kindness of him. Uh, So in Matthew 18, verse 23, it reads, Therefore is the kingdom of of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. So there I just wanted to uh, exemplify how, in spite of the, the, the great debt he, he owed his lord and his king, which he in no means could ever pay off, and uh, even after... Uh, the, the cost of his family, his, his wife and children, and everything that he owned, it, it wouldn't be enough to pay it off. But instead of, but in, instead of the Lord here being, uh, uh, like just o- o- overly angry at the servant and not able to, not able to give him uh, any kind of chance, he, he instead was able to uh, still himself long enough to be like, uh, here is this man who has as far as he, he's concerned, is genuinely apologizing to him. And while he may think that he has a chance to pay it off, he doesn't realistically. But it, but no, no matter, I'm just going to wave it clean and, and call it good enough. Uh, in one aspect where uh, someone does ask for a second chance but uh, re- uh, didn't have any proper means of fulfilling that, but it was still fulfilled to them and nonetheless was Pharaoh in, uh, uh, in, in, in Egypt with the plagues. Uh, 
in that, uh, into the latter half of the plagues. As the plagues progressed, Pharaoh would go back to Moses saying, would you please go to your Lord and pray that these plagues may cease? Um, he didn't do that initially because initially he didn't think of much of a concern. But after a while when he started to do that, Moses, Mo- Moses would listen to him, go and do that, and, and God would uh, get, get rid of that plague. And, and, and sometimes Pharaoh would offer, be like, oh, I'll let you go, but uh, I, I get to keep your cattle. Or, oh, I'll let you go, but I get to keep your money. Um, ne- never a uh, ne- never, never full-on uh, relenting of the Israelites until the tenth plague. But in, in spite of God knowing that uh, getting rid of the plague would only end up being a, uh, would, would only result in half of what they're asking for, he still did it to him anyway, ju- just... I mean, as far as we can tell, just because he asked. I mean, he, uh, like I said, sometimes he did offer, but, but never what God was asking him. He would always offer uh, only in part what God had asked, similar to that in the, to the parable. I mean, the man offered to pay it off, but even selling everything he owned and himself, it wouldn't have been enough. But, but God, but God uh, forgave them nonetheless, and then even... Uh, even within those plagues themselves, like it would have been, would have been really easy for God to just, to just skip uh, the third through ninth plague and just go straight to the tenth, which, which more than likely would have convinced Pharaoh to let the people go immediately. But He gave them every chance along the way to, to simply do what was asked of them. Just be like, hey, just let let us go. These things will befall you, if. If, if that is not to take place. And, and, I mean, he gave them ten chances. Someone who, I mean, in, who, who, who would never dare to do anyone, never dare to do that to anyone that he th- saw as less than him, so, which is more than likely why it took ten plagues for Pharaoh to relent to God, because he didn't, I mean, Pharaoh saw himself as God. That, that's how the Egyptians, that's how the Egyptians saw, saw themselves. They saw Pharaoh as their as their king and as their god who was over all of them, but uh, it it, it would have just been really easy for for God to just just have cut them loose and just taken them out of there. Cause, I mean, he he could have he he had the power. It was it was his children that he had a covenant with, but instead he gave Pharaoh the chance to uh, to to give them up uh, uh, of, of of his own fruition. And later on in Exodus, we see uh, God extending that mercy to His own to to His own children. Whenever, uh, as soon as they cross the Red Sea, and Moses and uh, Joshua, I believe, uh, go up the mountain, and Moses goes the whole way. The Israelites down at the base of the mountain are uh, they, they they form a golden calf in the in the few days that Moses is gone. Nah, like. In, in hindsight, that may seem like a long time, but just a few days prior, they had crossed the Red Sea and rid, uh, and was able to escape one of the strongest armies in the world at the time, uh, and and not out of their own might, just out of the uh, power and kindness of God. And then there they are, forming a golden calf to worship and saying, "This is what took us out of Egypt," instead of the the God that that we well know did. And and while while God. Uh, and, and, and in finding that out, God has said to Moses, uh, I'm going to consume them all and then have a nation come out of you. And Moses went to God and said, no, if you do that, Egypt will say that you brought them out here to die. That you brought them out here so that, so that you can just get rid of them 
yourself. And not only was Mo- Moses there able to uh, have some mercy on the Israelites, he may not have been able to have that same mercy later on after they uh, ridiculed and uh, mumbled about him uh, nearly a dozen times. But uh, in that moment, he was able to. And in that moment, he was able to, as, as far as it reads, change, God, change God's mind. Uh, the, way, the way it reads, uh, translated, it says... Uh, like it's, it says, like God turns uh, his thought away from away from that evil. And he uses the word evil for for doing that. But uh, God was, it was willing to be able to give the Israelites uh, second, third, and onward chances to uh, to be able to know who their God was. And then Moses did, a, uh, of course, bring down the Ten Commandments to set before them, saying, "Hey, this is what." This is what needs to happen. You, like no, no other gods before you. That being the uh, first and foremost. And like, uh, as you look throughout the Bible, like uh, regarding second chances, it'd be really, really hard to find anyone who what well, was in a pretty bad scenario that didn't have a second chance or at least a second moment to think twice about what they're about to do. Like e- even even in Genesis, looking at Adam, he was. Uh, in, in the garden before he ate the apple, he, he had he had a moment to to think uh, after Eve ate it to be like, no, this is this is this is crazy. This is the only thing God asked us, uh, or one, one, one of the few things God asked us not to do was not to eat of this specific tree. And here we are, and here we are doing it. He 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 had a moment. It wasn't like you know, he wasn't tied down by Satan and it shoved down his throat. He he was there in his own right mind, and instead of Instead of taking that opportunity to think twice about betraying the person who created them, uh, he he ate the apple, and uh, which, which unfortunately hurt all of us. But one second chance that 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 did work out for the better of us was uh, Paul. I mean, he was he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and he was out ridiculing and throwing Christians in jail just. Just, just on a whim, he would go to city to city with uh, d- decrees from the higher up saying that if you find a Christian, you can throw him in jail, you can persecute them, you could stone them even uh, if you saw fit. And he was able to go from that to, you know, writing two thirds of the New Testament, which we still, we still pull from and we still learned from, nearly two thousand years later, and as just. I mean, the day before God appeared to him on the road to Damascus, he was, you know, just an, an, an another enemy of the word. Uh, I, I mean, like, if, if if God appeared to every single one of the Pharisees, maybe maybe a tenth of them would have turned around, uh, and you know, maybe only Paul would have done what all the great things he did. And well, it may be easy to say, like, oh, if God appeared to me, like, if I was, like. Uh, if, if if I was backslidden or if I was talking to someone who wasn't, uh, who didn't believe in God, like, oh, if God appeared to me, uh, I, I would turn my life around and give myself to God. It's like, well, that's that, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible, the Bible teaches that, like, we we have this word here. Um, this word alone is sufficient, and we see that in uh, over in Luke uh, 16. If you'll turn there.
Luke 16, verse 19. It uh, reads, there was, one, there was a, certain man, a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, if I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto them, They have Moses and the, and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I mean, that's a pretty strong, uh, that's a pretty strong story there to be to say that even if someone w that that you knew had died, because uh, th th this beggar was at the rich man's gate and the rich man is trying to send th this same guy to his brothers. I mean, um, I think the yeah, so so uh, if if it's told chronologically, the the beggar died first, and I'm sure the rich man went to his brothers saying, "Oh, finally that that poor guy that's sitting at my gate, that at my very very nice gates, like all ragged, and I mean, the the dogs were licking his sores, which is you know, quite frankly, kind of gross. Um, I'm sure that, that he was very happy and went and go told his brothers that, hey, finally that that that, that guy has gone from my gates. So I'm sure that that they would have all known that he was dead." But but to be told that like no even e, that even someone that that you know being raised from the dead that 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 if you didn't believe the word already that would not be enough to change your mind otherwise and, and we actually see an example of this with someone else called Lazarus in the Bible uh, over in John eleven. John 11, verse 40, it reads, uh, Jesus, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? And they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. So m m many did uh, change their minds seeing Lazarus had had been raised from the dead. But again, these are Pharisees who uh, were, were in the Word and studied the Word. 
but but even beside, even beside, uh, uh, despite that, uh, so, some of them had seen this dead man raised who had been dead uh, nearly half a week or about half a week at that point. Uh, they, they they had all known about it. They had come to see it because uh, I'm, I'm sure they were like, finally, here's a chance to uh, to disprove this Jesus. Uh, his, uh, uh, Mary had besought him, asking, hey, can, can, can you bring this man, uh, my, my brother, if I remember correctly, um, but can, can, can you bring him back back to life? And and it, and four days later he showed up to to do just that. So I'm sure by that four days that word had got around that that, that she had asked of that. I mean there wasn't. I mean and Jerusalem was pretty big, but that I, I think this took around this took place around a small town and small town got uh, like if 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 someone were to find out that. Oh, their brother died and was buried, and then, uh, if someone were to find out that that the sister of that man that had died had gone to go ask someone to raise him from the dead, that that word would spread very, very quickly in a small little town like this. And so, I'm sure that every Pharisee and every person around knew about this, and they came to come see it. And and and, and many and like, and, and in fairness to them, many of them did change their mind and did believe in Jesus, but some of them still didn't, despite the glaring evidence in front of them that, that a dead man was walking in front of them. Um, and, and like, uh, all, all, all of the, that to say was just like, j- just because there was like this great and this great miracle, this great sign in front of them, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone would turn a new leaf, so to speak. It doesn't necessarily mean that they'll believe the word that is spoken to them, but but like if, if they were to change their mind for for any reason, uh, and, and and I would think that it would be turn the that 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 God would be willing to forgive them. I mean, like even say someone like like Judas who turned who turned Jesus uh, who who betrayed Jesus and turned him into the authorities. I'm sure that if Judas had instead of uh, going to a tree to hang himself, if he had gone back begging for mercy and for repentance, I'm sure that he would have got it. I mean, in the garden, the angriest that Jesus got wasn't when he was betrayed or when it, or was whenever they all surrounded him with swords and torches. It was whenever Peter had cut off a servant's ear. That was, that was the angriest he got. He didn't get angry at Judas who had betrayed him or the Pharisees who had come to confront him. He got angry at uh, someone who was following him and someone who he thought did wrong. It it, it 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 didn't it didn't it it didn't come out so to speak uh, the because I mean I'm sure that he was up, upset in some manner to uh, for that to have taken place uh, I mean I mean J- Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him but there, there's still a difference between knowing something and act, like knowing something someone will do and actually seeing them uh, do it and it finally take place but I'm sure that Jesus. Uh, would have been willing to would have been willing willing to forgive Judas. I mean, sure, it was a terrible, terrible thing. But I mean, uh, Pharaoh held the it, the Israelites for forever and enslaved them. But Jesus still gave him chances and chances and space to repent. And I mean, uh, Paul, like I mentioned earlier, he persecuted and stoned countless Christians. 
and I mean, children of God. But not only was he forgiven, he was given uh, possibly like the highest, uh, not authority, so to speak, but just like the highest responsibility out of any of the Christians that follow Jesus. And then, uh, and, and, and another way to look at uh, forgiveness and, se- and second chances, so to speak, is uh, to look at it as kind of uh, a, 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 a gift per se, a gift from God to be, to be able to not do something over again, but to do something, but, but, to, but to fix something, to do it better the next time. And uh, a place to go look at how God can give gifts is uh, Matthew 7. Let's go look at that real quick. Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or, or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a servant? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children... How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So, so here Jesus lays out very, very pointedly and very directly, uh, saying that, that not only does uh, like our goodness, like, like what, what we define as good, and what God defines as good, not only is it in the same direction, but God's is so much... Uh, is, 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 even better than, is even better than that. And and some people would try and stretch that to to believe that oh yeah the the, the goodness of God uh, put put this uh, put this ailment in me or broke my leg so I, so I can learn this lesson because that cause that's what a good God would do but reading this verse reading this verse as it is that that's that, that that's not how that would work because no one no, no no one would be able to look at someone say like. Like that, that had a car accident and like bro- broken arm in a car accident would be able to go to the o- other driver and say, "Oh, thank you for this gift of a broken arm." No, 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 no one would be able to do that, uh, even if they even if they said that they believed it about God, because it, it it just doesn't make it just doesn't pass the common sense test. And 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 here, like I said, Jesus says that not 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 only does does God's good align with your good. And, and that it makes sense, but as I said, it's, it's even more than than the, than the things that, that we can give our own children. Who, I mean, uh, by all accounts, that, that that we love and and care for. And and over in First uh, Corinthians four, just one little verse, verse seven reads, uh, "For for who maketh thee to differ from another?" And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if, as if thou hast not received it? So, um, so, so like, like with, uh, so, so that's a very general statement about just everything that we have, but that, that can be taken as not only to physical things, but just also like our uh, abilities and talents and what God has given us from birth. It, it it's not in our place to uh, 
to, to boast on such things because that, that, that's not, that wouldn't be fair, so to speak. Now, some people would try and argue that, saying, oh, well, I've, 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 I've earned this thing. Like, I, like, I've worked for this money or I've, I've built this house. It's like, okay, like, well, okay, but what, where did you get the ability to do this thing? Because, I mean, well, sure, like, like eh, pretty much everyone can drive a car. Not everyone can paint a painting. Um, there, there, there are some things in us that no matter how, how hard we try, like in some talents, no matter how hard we try, it's just not in us to do it because that's not what that, that, that's not what was given to us uh, whenever we were born and whenever we uh, whenever we were made. Uh, because if we all if we all could do everything, then, then there's not there's not there's no difference between there's no difference between us, and that that's something that the Bible is very uh, uh, prevalent about is saying that, that that we do have different gifts given to us that that do make us inherently different. And while sometimes that may mean that you're not as good as something as the next person, you're you're probably better at something than they are, and and, and that that could be stretched both ways, and that's. And, and and like like something along that line would be the the gifts of the spirit uh, mentioned in the epistles. How quite literally th- those are gifts given to us by God with no like we 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 we, di- we didn't build the gifts per se. We didn't design the gifts. They were simply the, the gifts of the spirit. They were simply given to us at a, at a at an act of kindness and an act of. Uh, love and goodness from him and um, I mean that we, we, we can see that in a lot of things how someone may be a better a better leader than another because uh, not not everyone is <coughs> not everyone is called to be a leader because if everyone was called to be a leader then there's no one to lead um, uh, and not, not everyone is called to uh, not everyone is called to like, like build houses per se. Uh, there, there are some things uh, that are given to us whenever we are born and made that we can progress to to either do godly things or to not to. And then over in Titus three, there's another passage I wanted to read. Starting in verse 1, it reads, uh, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magist- magistrates, be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness or goodness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Um, so, so there, it, uh, it, it's just reiterating what I've been, or I've been reiterating it, uh, Saying that, like, like the the goodness of God that is being presented to us in our daily lives and in in the Bible is not something that that needs to be earned. It's not something that is like 
is, is a benchmark or a milestone to reach. It's something that is always present and, uh, and, and, and always ready to be given to us. And um, and and so uh, like so saying that with like uh, second chances and gifts being given to us, they're they're all they're all just acts of kindness and love from God that um, that 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 we that we ourselves had had done nothing to earn. Like with Paul, like he didn't do anything leading up to Jesus showing up to him that earn that right, so to speak, for Jesus to present himself to him. Um, I mean, he, do, he did everything, at, uh, everything wrong to, uh, to have done that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure none of us would, would look at Paul, who's just, just a random Pharisee, uh, before Jesus went to him and saying, like, oh yeah, that, 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 guy, that guy right there needs a vision and it'll turn his whole life around. You know, there's no way we would know that. I mean, there's so many Pharisees that that saw that saw Jesus perform miracles, miracle after miracle, and only conspired more and hated him more because of it. But but, but God's kindness and love was able to see not only that 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 Paul w- was still able to get a second chance, but that it actually would be able to have a greater effect on him and everyone around him. And. uh seems to be a bit of the end of my notes right there, so uh, it's okay with you. I'll go and pray and turn it back over to Dad. So, uh, Father, I thank you for this service tonight, for this chance to teach and preach on your word. I, I thank you for the opportunity to do that and for being able, and I, and I thank you for the, the wisdom that you've been able to give all of us here tonight, Father. And I thank you for the times ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. You know, one of the things I, I love about the Word of God is, you know, the Lord saw fit to spend thousands of years writing the Word all the way back from Moses wrote the first book of the Bible all the way till uh, John finished up the book of Revelation. So he spent thousands of years to put that book together. And one of the things that he, he desires more than anything is that we learn to see who God is through his word. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the greatest things that you can learn to see about the Lord is his goodness. Uh, you know, I hear so many people say things that, you know, when I hear them say, like Jared was saying about, uh, you know, God will put sickness and disease on you or cause you to break your leg or something. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, wh- you know, where do they get that? Because you don't read that in the Bible, you know, especially in the, the full light of the New Testament. There's nothing like that. Uh, and the thing I love about the Word of God is the more that I read the Word, the more that I see who God is and I see the kindness that he exhibits towards his people uh, and how good he is towards all of us. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the uh, parable there in Matthew 18 that Jared mentioned is, is one of my favorite ones because it shows the bigness of the mercy of God and how kind he is. And even though the man said he would pay back everything that he owed, which, of course, was, was just impossible, he couldn't do it, Jesus, 
and as God often does, went beyond what the man asked. And uh, like Ephesians 3.20 says that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He said, I'll tell you what, we'll just call it even. Uh, and that, you know, the man should have taken that and understood that that's the goodness of God. That it was, the, it was really the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God that did that for him. And, you know, we should take those stories and, and take events in our lives when we see the goodness of God, just like that man did. He saw the goodness of God, and yet he wasn't able to, to reflect that in the lives of the people around him. Uh, instead, he took advantage of the grace of God and advantage, took advantage of the goodness of God and went out and, you know, committed that, that, uh, those terrible acts that he went on to do that. And so, um, uh, you know, when, when uh, I got born again, I think I've mentioned this before, um, you know, I didn't grow up in church. Uh, you know, I tell Jared all the time, you know, he knows more now than I ever knew when I was his age because he got to grow up in church and got to know the stories of the Bible. And, and uh, we spend a long time uh, discussing the Bible and just different topics in the Bible. And, and um, you know, he knows, uh, he knows about all these things. And it's such an advantage for him that, uh, you know, he can start on the foundation of the Word of God. Uh, and, um, but, you know, I didn't know anything. Uh, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything, you know. In fact, um, you know, they used to come around and give Bibles out, you know, uh, to the school. You know, if they did that now, they'd tase them and throw them and, you know, under the jail. But back in the day, they used to do that, come to the school and give out Bibles, you know. Uh, and so they'd give out little New Testaments. And, and I thought when they said it was a New Testament, I thought, like, it was brand new. Like, right then, somebody wrote a brand new Testament, you know, that had the previous testament, you know, however old that was, and somebody came up and wrote a brand new testament. Uh, and, you know, just as a as a elementary school student, you know, I, I, I couldn't figure that out, you know, because I'm thinking, well, who who could do that? Who could actually write a Bible? Who Who's qualified to write a Bible? Could, do people do things like that? You know, I didn't know because I didn't know anything about the Bible. Uh, but, you know, when I got born again, not knowing anything about the Lord, one of the greatest revelations the Lord ever gave me uh, right after I got born again, was that God was good. And that's really all I knew was that God was good. And I couldn't even tell you book, chapter, and verse about, you know, the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. I couldn't tell you those things. I couldn't tell you the story in Matthew chapter 7 or Matthew chapter 18. I couldn't tell any of these stories. You know, I didn't even know there was a book of Matthew. Uh, and so, but I knew that God was good. And if, and if you know God is good, you know, that, that gets about half your doctrine straightened up right there because a good God would never put sickness and disease on you. A good God would never uh, cause harm to come into your life. A good God would always want to heal you, would always want to bless you. Uh, and, you know, people, and that, that's why I think that that scripture that Jared read there in Matthew chapter 7, in fact, I'm just going to read it again because it was such a good scripture. Um, it, it's such a good scripture because sometimes we'll say things like, well, you know, God's goodness is different than our goodness. But that's not what he said. He said um, there in, in Matthew, uh, uh, did I say chapter 7? Yeah, all right. So we're going to go all the way back to chapter 7. Uh, he said, uh, If you then, being evil, know how to, get, give, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? And so... He's making the, the comparison that God is like a good father on the earth, just better. 
So he's not different good than the father on the earth. He's the same good as a good father on the earth, except better, right? So, you know, we like having a good father, but the only thing better than having a good father is having a better good father. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times people in a church will say, well, God is good, so he's going to put sickness on you. But that doesn't line up with being a good father in the natural, right? Because a good father in the natural would never go, you know, uh, you were late to school today, so I'm going to put some cancer on you to teach you not be late for school, right? You didn't make your bed today, so I'm going to break a leg. You know, you pick which one, but I'm going to break a leg. And I mean, no, we would never put up with a, you know, we put people like that in jail, right, and arrest them uh, for good reason. Uh, and so Jesus was saying, look, if you can see what's good on the earth, that's a reflection of how good I am. It's just better. Uh, and so the, these things that people say, well, God is good, and so, you know, he caused my car to explode or he caused my dog to die or, you know, all the country music things that happen to you. You know, God does all of those things, right? He brings a tornado onto you. He drops a, the tornado upon you. Uh, you know, he does all of those things to you. But that's not what a good God does. Amen. Uh, and so he's so good to us. Uh, and uh, if we can just understand that God is good, because when I when I read the word of God, I always read the word of God from the standpoint that God is good. Uh, and, th and that helps me line up everything, because a lot of times when people read the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, they think, well, God was bad in the Old Testament, good in the New Testament. But he was he's always been good. Uh, and uh, and if and if we start from that standpoint, then other things start to make sense about why he did things the way that he had to do them, especially in the Old Covenant. And of course, things have changed so much uh, since then. Right. And you know, Jared read uh, one of my all time favorite scriptures there in in first Corinthians chapter four. Uh, and so I'm going to read that because I wanted to go then over to uh, chapter 12 and, and look at something there. Uh, you know, God is good uh, because he made us the way that we are. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I've, I've had to learn over the years. He said the scripture there in first Corinthians chapter four, verse seven, for who maketh thee to differ from another from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? So what do you have that you didn't receive? I mean, what talent, what ability, what what understanding that you have that that you didn't get from somewhere else? Uh, well, I mean, your ability to understand what's in front of you was given to you by God. You know, your ability to, like Jared said, to build houses. You know, some people, they can just do that. They can go in there and say, well, we're going to do this, 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 this. And, you know, then a miracle happens and a house shows up. You know, some people can do that. You know, I can't do stuff like that. Uh, but other people can do things like that. They have that ability. They have that uh, capability to see the, the end from the beginning. Uh, and that came from God. You know, that, that ability came from the Lord. Uh, some people have, uh, you know, artistic talent. Some people have musical talent. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm amazed. You know, I, I watch Chris play the piano and the saxophone, and she's played the flute before, and, you know, she can play all these things, and, and she can just you know, press some keys on a keyboard and magic happens and this sound comes out and it all makes sense, you know. And, uh, you know, if it was me, I just, I'd play all the keys because, well, you know, you know, I mean, that key right there never gets played, so somebody should play it, right? And I'd play it and it would never make any sense. Uh, and she's got that ability. And, you know, I took piano lessons for a whole year one time and I knew nothing more at the end of the year than I did at the beginning of the year. Uh, and I could bang through the keys, you know, and, and do the things they said, but it never made sense to me. And, and maybe if I spent more time on it, I don't know. But some people can just, 
you know, you, they put it in front of them and they just see it. They can understand it. And that, that gift, that ability came from the Lord. And that's, you know, to me, that's one of the greatest things. If the church could learn that concept, that all of us are given the gifts and talents to us from the Lord, you know, then all this infighting in the church and really in the world, you know, because in the world, it, it's, it's, it's always me against you, you know, color or economic standing or nationality or language or accent or height or weight or or you know whatever it is there's there's always a conflict because we're different uh, and uh, that i've always thought thought that to be odd you know that uh, we in the church struggle with us being different and i don't mean di- uh, you know some people are different for different sake you know some people are, are take the attitude of uh, well you wear glasses so i'm going to never wear glasses because you wear glasses well that's being different for different sake that's not being who you are that's just you know, it's just garden variety rebellion. And, you know, some people, well, you know, they wear a tie. So because they wear a tie, I'm never going to wear a tie. Well, that's that's just, you know, I'm not, that's, I'm not talking about just looking at somebody and intentionally doing the opposite just because you don't like them or you want to be rebellious. I'm just talking about expressing who you are, who the Lord's made you. And, and you can only find the fullest expression of who you are when you're fully in the Lord. Because I believe he's made all of us specific and unique and precious people in the earth. And that if we would yield to him the most, we would become the most of who we are. You know, and I found even in my circle sometimes that, you know, uh, my training was in engineering and I was an engineer for a while. And, you know, I'm kind of a computer guy. And, you know, that makes some people kind of uncomfortable sometimes. And, And I've had people kind of look down at me, you know, and even say, well, God could never use an educated person. God can never use somebody with an engineering degree. God can never, you know, speak through somebody who's been to college, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking, so the the goal is to be dumb as a brick. I mean, I don't understand, you know, that doesn't make any sense because, you know, if you look at at the at the people that God used in the New Testament, it's everybody, right? I mean, you've got from the worst person, you know, the I mean, the uh, you had Matthew, you know, Levi, the tax collector, you know, one of the most despised people. Uh, in in the nation of Israel, and it's been two thousand years. Nothing much has changed, right? Tax people still some of the most despised people in the world, right? Uh, and so nothing much has changed. But he used Matthew, uh, and then he used Peter and James and John, and and even the Pharisees said these are the, these are ignorant and unlearned men. You know, they had no education, uh, but they had the ability to fish and to sail. And then you got Paul. You know, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So you've got such a wide range of people that God used. Uh, and, you know, uh, we, should, we should allow people to be who they are. And again, within the constraints of, you know, the Word of God, because, uh, you know, again, some people just, they just want to be different to be for different sake, to be seen. You know, they want to be different so they can be seen. And that, that's, you know, foolishness and, and immaturity. But, uh, you know, God's made you to, to enjoy certain things and to be good at certain things. And, uh, you know, some of the, the best scriptures about that are over in First Corinthians chapter 12. And it's just God being good, God being uh, good to us. Uh, he said in verse 14, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, he said, for the body is not one member, but many. So we're not all exactly the same. You know, it'd be really boring if we all were exactly like me, right? It'd be really boring if we were all exactly like you. Uh, then, then, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to find out about each other. Then we already know everything about each other because, well, you're exactly like me, you know, with the things that you like to do. 
you know, people, uh, you know, for me, I'm not a big hunter, you know, uh, but I had one of my best friends, uh, he, I call him the great white hunter, you know, he liked going hunting and, you know, I'd ask him on a Friday, you going out and murder some mammals on, on the Saturday, you know, because he'd like to go sit up in a tree stand and, and watch for mammals and murder them, right? And, uh, and, um, and I would just give him a hard time about it. Uh, but, you know, it was, to me, it was interesting that he liked doing that, you know. I wouldn't like doing it. I mean, it's, you got to get up early, you know, and you got to sit on a tree, and, you know, then you got to murder something, and then you got to clean the thing, right? And you got to, you know, you got to field dress it, and then you got to drag the dead carcass off over hill, over dale. I mean, you know, it just sounds like a lot of work to me, you know. Can you just order that in, you know? Don't they have, like, DoorDash for, for hunters or something? And, uh, and so, but he liked doing that. And, and, well, I'm not a hunter, but I don't have a problem with him being a hunter, right? And, and uh, some people love sports. You know, they can tell you, well, you know, the 1976 World Series, you know, so-and-so scored a winning run in the eighth inning. And, uh, and um, I mean, like, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, people do that. And I have no interest in, in knowing all those facts, right? Uh, but then again, I can tell you, you know, megahertz and gigabytes and all those things, you know, and, and uh, I can already see some of you, you know, passing out as, as we talk about those things. And, uh, but see that God's made us all that way. Uh, and, you know, I, I, there were some folks that used to be really hard against educated people. And I never did understand that. And I tried to explain to him. I said, well, you drive a car, right? And I said, well, yeah. I said, well, you know, there was an educated person, an engineer who designed every nut and bolt on that car. They decided how big to make the engine, how, you know, how many cylinders to put in that engine, how, how strong the spring was going to be, the materials. You think about all the decisions you have to go into to make a car. There's probably millions of decisions, right? How long the bolt is, what material that made the bolt is, how many threads per inch in the bolt, uh, and blah, blah, blah what the torque specification for that bolt is. Uh, somebody has to decide all those things. Uh, and, and uh, you know, they didn't have to decide that. They just have to get in and turn the key. And like magic, everything happens. Uh, but see, but I appreciate that somebody made all those decisions. Somebody that God has given the ability to have that talent, to have that uh, capability to do that. And so he said, uh, we're not one body. Uh, we're not, uh, the body is not one member. But many, and if the foot sh shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? You know, uh, sometimes people will look at the things that God's called them to do and say, well, I'm not that over there, so I must not be important. Uh, you know, you should, never, you should never think of yourself as being unimportant uh, because just because you're not the hand, uh, you know, uh, you ever stubbed your toe? You know, what's the only thing you think about after you stub your toe? is your toe, right? You don't even know that you have a hand. You don't know you have a head. All you know is you have a toe that's throbbing. Uh, and so, uh, you know, th that, uh, that position is important. Uh, and, you know, I, uh, I always encourage people, don't ever say, I'm just this. You know, I'm just the door greeter. I'm just, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the usher. Or I'm just, you know, the sound man. Or just, I'm just a singer. Uh, don't ever say, because if God's called you to do that, then uh, he said uh, that uh, these things are important, right? Because he goes on and says, if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? You know, it is of the body. So, you know, the ear may have eye envy. Well, I'm not an eye, you know. They get to see everything. Well, uh, I mean, just try to stick your ear up to your phone the next phone call you have, right? Uh, stick your, what I say, your ear? Stick your eye up to your, to your speaker on your phone. And see how well that goes for uh, listening to the conversation. It's not going to work very well, right? Because the ear has its job. The eye has its job. Uh, and so, 
Uh, and he says, if the whole body were an eye, which is kind of funny, right? Uh, it wasn't, what's that show, the, uh, uh, the Monsters, Inc., right, with that one guy? He was an eye, right? Mike, was it Mike and I, right? Remember, anybody remember that show? <laughs> what are you talking about? Go look it up, right? Uh, but the guy, he was an eye. He was literally a whole, he, the whole thing was, the whole body was an eye. Uh, and, um, and so, uh, that's not, got nothing, there's nothing I know. But if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? Uh, if the whole body was hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. So whoever you are, it pleased God to make you. He was pleased. You know, remember in the, in the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, after he got done everything, he said, and God saw, and, and he saw that it was good. And when he made you in the earth, he looked at you, and he was pleased. He said, uh, it's good. You know, the way that I made that person, it's good, and it pleases me. And I understand sometimes we can take our personalities and we can twist them to become something that God never designed them to be. And many times people do that uh, and they'll, they'll get a drift from really who God's made them to be. You know, some some of the greatest evangelists are out selling cars. Right. Some of the greatest pastors are out leading corporations. You know, some of the greatest apostles are out, you know, in laboratories. And, you know, that, uh, that's not who God made them to be to do those things. He made them to be in the ministry. But. For some reason, they couldn't find the path to do those things that God had called them to do. Uh, but it pleased God. When you came into the earth, you were pleasing to God. Uh, and so don't ever sell yourself short that, you know, I'm nobody. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm nothing. Because a good God would not make you a nothing person. A good God would make you a somebody person. And all of us, you know, have our parts to play. It's like Jared said, if everybody was a, a leader, uh, who would do the following? You know, everybody can't be a leader. But that doesn't mean the following any less. Uh, you know, I remember uh, one person uh, one time, uh, you know, I've always been kind of a detail guy, right? I'm the guy who, who figures out what's the diameter of the bolt and what material to make the bolts out of and, you know, how much torque to put on the bolt. You know, that's in the past, that's been my role. Uh, and, and, you know, someone was very uh, condescending towards me, you know, well, you know, I'm a big picture guy. You, know, you do all the details, like what his job was, was better than my job. But that's the wrong mentality because it's each of us doing our jobs together, we get there. Amen? Uh, and you got to have the big picture guy that say, well, I want a car that looks like this. Okay, well, then I'll go figure out how to make a car that looks like that. You know, I'll go figure out, you know, what thickness of the metal to make. You know, how much pressure to put on the, on the metal press when it comes down and, and bends that metal to that shape that you want. You know, somebody has to figure all this stuff out. Uh, and so... Don't ever let somebody diminish who you are. Don't ever let somebody say, well, you're just an ear. I'm an eyeball. You know, well, let me stick my thumb in your eyeball and see how that works, right? Uh, but uh, don't be sticking thumbs in people's eyeballs. But, um, uh, and so, you know, and he goes on to say, um, and, if, and if they were all uh, one member, where were the body? But now as, as they are many members, yet but one body, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Uh, and so, uh, and he goes on talks, you should read the rest of the chapter there, but he goes on talks some, some more things about that. But just remember that, uh, I, I really like that, that part of verse 18 there, that he, God has set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. So whatever you're good at, whatever you desire to do, whatever you like doing in the body of Christ, uh, and really, you know, even in the world, because God just made certain people to do things. You know, somebody has to figure out how to build cars. Somebody has to figure out how to build houses. Somebody has to figure out how to, you know, do different things. Uh, God's made those people that way. 
Uh, and, you know, they can take that and submit that to the Lord and be in, under his authority even in doing those things. But God made them with those abilities. Uh, and, and so don't ever let somebody tell you that, well, you're, you're of no value. You know, you're of no count. I'm way more important to you because a good God would not make somebody more important to them. Um, you know, uh, Paul, although he wrote two-thirds in the New Testament, would never say, uh, in fact, he said at one time, he said, I'm the least of all the apostles. Even though really, in, in from, from a lot of different measurements, he was the greatest of all the apostles. But he, would, he said himself that I am the least of all the apostles uh, because, uh, because of what he had done to the body of Christ before then. Um, and so, you know, a good God has made you, and a good God is pleased that you are the way that you are. Amen? Uh, and um, can we get better at who we are? Absolutely, right? Can we grow and increase and, and become more of who God has called us to be? Uh, no doubt about that. To your last breath, you should try to strive to be better uh, of who you've been called to be than you were yesterday. Uh, but don't ever, don't ever let somebody diminish who you are today. Amen? Don't ever let somebody say, uh, you know, how many wars have been fought because, oh, we are a woman, right? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, we've fought that war for centuries, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, just different things. And, and, oh, you're from so and such, such a country. Uh, as if that diminishes somebody. Well, no, the Lord knew exactly what he was doing. Amen. Uh, and so when he sees you and he, when he saw you coming to the earth, uh, the Bible says that it pleased him, right? It pleased him about how he made you. Uh, and I think that's a, that if we can learn that lesson that a good God has made you, uh, then, uh, you know, there'd be a lot less tension in the body of Christ, a lot less uh, conflict in the body of Christ. And then it would spill out into the world. Amen. Uh, because really, as the church goes, so goes the world uh, if, the, if they'll yield to that. So praise God. Well, I thank the Lord for that, that word that Jared gave us there, but uh, God being a good God and forgiving us. Uh, and then uh, making us who we are, um, you know, that you, you can't hear too much about the goodness of God because it'll straighten up a lot of your doctrine. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's uh, uh, get ready to receive this evening's offering. And um, uh, don't forget, uh, uh, well, I was going to say, don't forget we have a church meal, but we just had church meal, right? You guys want to have another church meal? We, I guess we can do whatever we want to. It's our church, right? So now we're not going to have another church meal, but... Uh, um, but we will have uh, Ladies Fellowship there. The books are still uh, available there on the back table there. Uh, and, um, and I was going to remind you, too, uh, you know, our building uh, next door, that, uh, we rented to uh, a group there, and they make those um, um, shakes and smoothies. You know, I don't know what they're called, but the nutritional uh, smoothies. Uh, and they're going to be opening up tomorrow. So if you get a chance, uh, I think they're open just the second half of tomorrow. Uh, go by there and tell them hi and, uh, and um, if you want to buy a smoothie, that's up to you, right? But uh, uh, I think we've got 100 different flavors, so you can surely find something that you like, right? Uh, but I think they're opening up tomorrow, so they're all excited, and and um, uh, I'm, I'm glad all that's going to work out for them. So come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And um, I guess uh, it's, uh, we don't have a whole lot of announcements going on, right? So free cucumbers, though, that's not that's not for today, right? Those are all gone. They're all gone. So did we get any of the free cucumbers? We didn't get any? Uh, we'll get them next time, huh? So, uh, you know, it's hard to beat a, a fresh cucumber, right? Well, I guess it's hard to beat a fresh anything. But um, uh, so, but we're about halfway through the summer, aren't we, right? So it's middle of July. So uh, the uh, 
fall will be on us before too long, right? So, all right, praise God. So we any no more announcements, right? So we're good. Well, y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, in the Lord, uh, and we'll see y'all on Sunday.